Okay, so last night we spoke about Shavuos, those of you that missed it, Kaval, but you can, you can get the, the Rishimu of it on the, on the, uh, on the cassette. The, the, the record. What? The record, yeah. Um, so the, uh, we were talking about the concept of Ayin Tov, and the fact that Ayin Tov has everything to do with the Kabbalah Satora. Having a good eye. Now, what's the difference between someone who has a good eye and someone who doesn't have a good eye? So, the uh, spoke about a pasuk, pasuk in Mishlei that says that uh, it's like a golden apple inside of silver mesh or silver screen. You know, surrounded by a silver screen, silver mesh. Uh, um, what, what's the concept of a golden apple inside of a silver mesh? Is that, see, if, if I'm not wearing my glasses and I look at it, I'll just see the silver, right? Because my eyes are not so good anymore. But when I put on my glasses, I look carefully at the thing, and I can see past the silver, I can see into the gold. I can see deeper. And I can see it's not just silver, but it's actually gold in there. So that's the concept of Shavuos. The... We read Megillus Esther, uh, Megillus Rus and Shavuos. The book of Rus is a very fascinating book. First of all, we have to understand what, obviously, we're going to read this one Megillah on Shavuos that has to do with what's happening on Shavuos. So, says the Midrash. Why is she called Rus? She's called Rus. Sharosa, that she saw that Ben Bana shall Ben Bana, her grandson's grandson, will build the base of Migdish. Shlomo Melech is going to build the base of Migdish. So that's, uh, right? she had a son, Ovid, and then Ovid had. Huh? Huh? No. no. Okay. Ovid to Yishai, that's her grandson. Right. Ovid to Yishai, that's the grandson. And Yishai had David and David had Shlomo. That's his grandson. So grandson's grandson. Okay. That's the, that's the concept of the Rus. Well, now, let's unpack that. Let's unpack that. There's two things happening here. Number one, Rus, Kiyudua, was a Moabite princess. She was a princess. She marries into this very important family, this very... Uh, great family uh, comes from a uh, tribe of, of Yehuda, uh, prestigious, wealthy family, Elimelech. He really potentially could have been the leader of the entire generation, is her father in law, right? Then what happens? Boom, 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 tragedy after tragedy. Her father in law dies, they lose all their money, her husband dies, all, the, all of his brothers die. 
they lose all their money, and all that's left is her and this old mother-in-law. Now she has to carry around like a rock around her neck. And you know a person who say, oh, well, I guess this whole Jewish thing is not for me, right? Back to the, ba- back to the Moabite palace. And yet, Ruth saw what the righteousness of her actions would, would bring. Now, how far in the, in the future did she have to see? She had to see her grandson's grandson. Now, we know... Rashi tells us from the peace pact that Avimelech made with Avram Avinu, that he made him swear that he wouldn't do anything negative to his, uh, to his, to the third generation, up to the third generation, he wouldn't do anything. Rashi says that you see from here, because I'll say that uh, an Av has has a mercy on his, on his offspring, and his children, of course, and his grandchildren, up to the third generation, but not, but not the fourth generation forward, not after the fourth generation. That's too far. Already at that point, it's a, they're strangers. A person can't, can't naturally, the natural love of a father, you don't have to be, you don't have to be a very wise man, you don't have to have a tremendous I'm told, to love and appreciate your child, or your grandchild, or maybe even your great-grandchild. But your great-great-grandchild, that a person doesn't, a person's eyes are too weak to see that far ahead, to, to, relate, to be able to relate to that, to be able to do anything for such a future. There's an interesting Gemara. It says that, uh, I think it's a Gemara with Honya Magal. He, he asked, who plants a carob tree? Why in the world would anybody plant a carob tree? A carob tree takes, according to Chazal, 70 years to until it bears fruit. The truth is they, they do take a really long time, maybe 40 years or whatever until they start, and, and you know, maybe until they're really, really putting out fruits in the, in the full way. 70 years anyway, Chazal is a, is a way to communicate a lifetime, right? So why would you ever plant a carob tree? It, it takes a lifetime for the thing to grow. So it's good for the people in the future, but, but you're not gonna benefit anything. The answer is a person has to be such a far-sighted person, looking into the future, thinking about what's gonna be in the next generation, the next generation, what's gonna be my, not my children, and not my grandchildren, and not even my great-grandchildren. But what's going to be with my grandchildren's grandchildren? And that's what Ruth saw. And that is the secret source for learning of Torah. Learning of Torah, like we spoke about last night, requires an iron toe. Because what did Ruth see? She saw a kasha. And then another kasha. And then another kasha. Everything about the sugi was difficult. What you you convert to, to be the holy people to, to be with the holy people of God. So then your your father-in-law dies and you lose all your money and your husband dies and you're and you and you're having to take care of this old woman. How does that make any sense? That's a kasha. 
only, only a lambda and only a person with an eye tov who can look deeply into things and can say, I can see how the sugya resolves itself. I can believe, I can see, have an eye tov for the, for the Torah to understand that something good is going to come out of all these difficulties. <coughs> and that you get excited. You get the difference between someone who knows Eun and someone who doesn't know Eun is how they react when they see Akasha. Someone understands what learning is about. You see Akasha, eyes light up. Ah! Now, I know there's going to be something good over here. Maybe today. Maybe in five years I'll get to it. Maybe in 50 years. And if not, then lost at level. I'll get it. Someone who doesn't understand learning is, uh, is bothered by the kasha in, in the sense of it's annoying and it's, and, it's, and it's frustrating and makes him not want to learn. So if anything, if we're thinking, as we're sitting and we're thinking, we're reading the Megillus Rus, and we're hearing the difficulties that she had, we could be thinking that this is where she differentiated herself from Orpah, where she said that the difficulties shows me that there's something so precious here that it's worth fighting, it's worth pushing for. That is the guidance that we're that we can see in the Megillus Rus for Kabbalah Satora, Hashem wishing everyone a incredible earth shaking, transforming Kabbalah Satora this coming Shavuos. <laughs>